Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan going till 2 a.m. Overnight roulette. Who is it tonight, Fleegs? Do we know as Fleegs now takes over for Connor? Oh, it's Emmanuel Barbari, who did the Yankee post game show yesterday. Emmanuel Barbari will be on at 2 a.m. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Connor Green, we say goodnight to him. Fleegs takes over uh, with Alex Zarm. Alex Zarm, as we had a trouble with that last night, as I was saying goodbye, Zarm, right? We got that correct? Okay. Uh, anyway, we're watching the Mets. Mets up 9-4 right now over the Giants, bottom eight. So we'll talk more Mets and Max Scherzer when that game goes final. Yankees with another series win today. IKF, impressive. Um, Peraza contributing. Nestor Cortez doing his thing. Yeah, you know, a, a ton of walks. Yankees scoring nine runs without hitting a home run. A little different for them. But it's good to see that they can win in different ways. And really, Yankees with a five spot in the bottom of the first. Angels aren't very good. But the Yankees know uh, did what they had to. Nonetheless, you know, five spot in the bottom of the first inning, and that game was basically over. Cortez put that baby to sleep. Six innings, three runs for him, a solid outing, not great. And the bullpen did its job holding it down. But another series win to start the year. Yankees have not lost the series. They've split with the Twins, and that's it. Every other series, they have won. So the Yanks are rolling. The Mets are on fire. Alonzo with another home run. He is having an MVP-type start to his season. Nimmo with another three hits tonight. Again, we'll get more into the Mets as we go on. The Rangers have been the talk of the town tonight, and rightfully so, with two dominating performances in games one and two on the road in New Jersey. Bruce is calling from Howell. What's up, Bruce? We want the cup. We, we want, want the, the cup. cup. Yeah. How about the Rangers? Let's go, Rangers! Let's go, Rangers! Sal, the key to the series is going to be winning this thing early because last year we got tired against Tampa on Game 6. They couldn't skate. I think the key is to finish this off in 4 or 5. Yeah, well, as I said before, you can't have... And that was the disappointing thing about last year's postseason. Even though they beat the Penguins, even though they beat the Canes, you can't have those series go as long as they did. And... Look, if you get into a seven-game series in the third round, fourth round, whatever, that happens. Early rounds, especially the first round, you can't be going seven games. And now that they're up 2-0 coming home, they better put it away in four. Right, that's huge. So how about my guy Brandon Schneider playing like a beast? Yeah, Schneider's been pretty good. Tough, physical. You know, people knock him or he gets overlooked, but Schneider's been good. The the defenseman as a whole, the defensive pairings as a whole, look, they've been good. I mean, blocking shots, everybody blocking shots left and right. But there's nothing to look at with the Rangers and critique or or be negative with so far through two games. Lingren back. Lingren even showing the offensive output in game one. I mean, look, uh, you know, Mikola has been terrific. Rangers are, you know, Truba, obviously, he gets overlooked because of Fox, but Truba's toughness should not be overlooked. Uh, they, look, they, they've got it all. I mean, they're loaded, Bruce. Yeah, Sal, did you see Truba lasting at Dawson Mercer behind the net at the end of the game? Yeah, I did see that. You know, I don't like the the nonsense that went on in that third period there. But, yeah, I mean, you're not going to mess with Truba. Look, Truba's going to be the – they don't have the enforcer like Revo, but you know Truba is not going to take any crap. Right, right. So with the Yankees, you know, IKF, I actually don't think – everyone's talking about his two catches. I just think he misplayed two balls in the outfield, and then he made like, like cover up catches. I don't think they were actually good catches in the outfield. Uh, truth be told, I agree with you, Bruce, but I don't want to come across as a Yankee hater. I mean, I was watching the games live as I was getting ready for 
the Baseball Night New York show at SNY. And yeah, I I'm saw, a Yankee fan. I'm just, I saw it. So yeah. He's looking at center field. Well, so he uh, has to cover up and make a good catch. I, I heard Michael K go, oh, what a play by IKF. Like, it's the greatest play that we've ever seen from a center fielder. Those are plays legitimately that I've made in Little League. Like, come on. I mean, it's yeah, not. Like Harrison Bader makes Dennis sleep. Yeah, right. Harrison Bader doesn't have to slide for it. Now, I'm not trying to knock IKF because it's better to catch the ball than not. But it's more of an embarrassment and an indictment on the Yankees that they have to have IKF in center field. Bader gets to those balls. He, he can barehand them. I mean, he gets to those balls standing up. Well, nice to see Escobar get a, get a jack over there. Yeah, I was happy for him, Bruce. And thank you for the call. I was happy to see Escobar hit a home run tonight. You know, he's he's in there. No Beatty, no Alvarez tonight. And Escobar was in there uh, against the lefty. And he actually hit a two-run homer. Escobar was a good dude. I saw him post on Instagram I think it was yesterday, a picture of him uh, and Beatty uh, on the plane or on the bus, maybe, as they were leaving uh, from uh, from the do- you know from visiting the Dodgers after getting that series win to go ahead north and take on the Giants. And he posted a picture of him and, and Beatty, and I think that's cool, the guy who basically took his job as the starting third baseman. But Escobar's such a good clubhouse guy, such a good person, veteran guy. I I still think he's got something left. I said that yesterday on Baseball Night in New York, and I'm glad that he homered tonight. He could be a valuable piece to this Mets team, whether it be as a utility guy, backup infielder, or at DH. Ken is calling from Queens. Good morning, Ken. How you doing? Yeah, Escobar's a good insurance policy to have. Like you said, he's a veteran. Beatty gets hurt. You know, you go to him. So, yeah, I, I would keep Escobar... And, uh, you know, at the end of the year, most likely they won't resign him, but that's uh, for next year to worry about. Yeah. What I am worried about, Sal, is your boy Singer. This is the second game we give him a big lead. And what is it, the fourth, fifth inning he just unraveled? Fifth, I'm yeah. The, like getting the, a little worried. The fifth inning was not encouraging. Sega cruised through four. Mets had a big lead, and then all of a sudden he started giving uh-huh. up homers and letting a ton of guys on. Look, it's I'm sure he's going through a learning curve adjusting to Major League Baseball, and we're watching him for the first time deal with it. But still, Senga... Even when he's not at his best, the thing that I'm encouraged by, Ken, is he battles. He battles through it. He was able to get through that fifth. Unlike last time in Oakland, he wasn't able to get through the fifth inning. This time he was. So I was happy to see him battle, and the Mets offense did their job. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of scouts and a lot of teams that did shy away from him because they they think eventually that he's going to turn out to be maybe a reliever or a closer or something along those lines as he gets a little older. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't see where those scouts got that from. Matter of fact, it's not only the scouts that said that. The Mets, I forget who told me this, but I heard from somebody, not uh, Epler or anybody like that. I heard from somebody that the Mets were or would seriously have considered Senga to replace Edwin Diaz in the bullpen if not for the amount of injuries out of the gate to their starting rotation. Mm -hmm. And remember now with the Mets, you know, Scherzer, which we didn't really get into. We could get into it, you know, I guess now. It's top of the ninth inning here. Met game will be over soon. But, you know, with Scherzer being suspended and accepting the suspension, he's going to miss a start. He'll be back uh, that last game in May against the Braves, the first week of May, May 1st or 2nd. I forget the exact date. But Scherzer will be back. He's going to miss a start. You know, Quintana's down. Verlander's still not back. Uh, Carrasco's on the IL. So the Mets have been hit hard. Senga, basically the last man standing. But there was talk that they would have potentially considered moving him to replace Diaz in the bullpen. I mean, I don't like that. I like. I think Senga's a starter. He walks too many guys. Too many guys are getting on base for him to be out of the bullpen. Now, Sal, for the I don't know, maybe you can tell me, why don't they take a flyer on Zach Britain. Their bullpen is being used a lot. You know it's going to wear down eventually. Why not add a veteran like Zach Britton? I mean, I think he makes perfect sense. Maybe they want to rather do better. Than I'd rather have Zach Britton than Bumgarner. Maybe they want to do better, and thanks for the call, Ken. I know they want guys with options as well. They like the flexibility in the bullpen. I feel like the Mets will wait until the trade deadline and then go out there and add a significant bullpen arm. Look, the Mets right now are on fire here. They're on a West Coast trip that most people said they would accept 5-5. and 
The Mets, if they can hang on, they're up, what, 9-4 as we said? Yeah, they're up 9-4 going to the bottom of the ninth here. They are going to be 6-1 and one to start this trip. I mean, that is unbelievable. Now you got to be, honestly, now they got to be looking at 8-2 eight, eight and two at worst on this trip. Ben is calling from New York. What's up, Ben? How you doing, Sal? Good, Ben. How are you this Friday morning? Great. I was by the game today, and shout out to the guys in Section 202, but the bleacher creatures are pretty quiet today. Um, yeah, about the IKF thing you guys Why? were talking about. Why were the bleacher creatures quiet? I don't know. It was a, it was a rough day. I guys are quiet. wasn't a lot of screaming going on. But the Yankees had a good game. I mean, isn't there always screaming no going on? Part. The guys in the back of 202, the whole, the whole group there, they're nice and loud. But the bleacher creatures weren't great. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But about the IKF thing, I saw that. I remember the fly ball going to center field. Uh, he's back, he's like backing up. I'm like, what are you doing? Go straight. Go straight. And then he went and made the nice catch, I'm not, which I'm not going to take away from him. But, like, come on, let's keep it real. No, I know. Um, the, the, the issue the Yankees have is, and I think we all know this, is that IKF is, uh, you know, he's not an outfielder. And it's going to be, you're going to see that when you have a guy that is an infielder being moved to the outfield to center field, no less. It's amazing to me how the Yankees get away with this stuff. Like, that is BC Met stuff. That's before Cohen Met stuff. Taking a guy that that is borderline, he's a bench player. Uh, IKF's a bench player. They took him, they traded for him, they made him their starting shortstop a year ago. Mistake, and now they don't have a spot for him, so they're trying to put him in center field. Mistake, I mean, I don't know what the Yankees are doing. It's not Pittsburgh. Right, but in fairness, he never really had a test in the outfield, right? He's always just gotten, you know, casual fly balls. I guess now he's shown that at least he's not going to drop them like that, like, you know, like Hicks. Well, I mean, that's the point is is they feel like maybe he could be serviceable out there or be somewhat competent, but he's not a real center fielder, and that's the problem. You're the New York Yankees. Yeah. You're trying to build a team to go out there and win a World Series, and you got IKF, a guy who should be a bench player, a utility player, if that. You're, you're putting him in center field. Like, come on. you got to be able to do better than that. On, that. on that note, I was listening to Susan Waldman yesterday, and she was saying that, uh, you know, on the good news, Josh Donaldson's, you know, in AAA, he had a game. You know, can't wait for him to come back. The Yankees have a third baseman. No! No, no, we don't want him back. Keep him there. Yeah, as I said yesterday. How did he make it better? I said yesterday on Baseball Night in New York, Josh Donaldson felt some tightness in that hamstring while rehabbing. And so they're going to shut him down. And I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing for the Yankees. And thank you for the call. I mean, do you really want him back? I know the lineup was built to have him in there. And Aaron Boone, uh, you know, when talking to um, John Boy and Jake, when he does their uh, weekly interview before the season started, he was saying that he thinks J.D., Josh Donaldson, was going to have a big year. Well, uh, Boone was wrong about that, at least through the first month of the season because Donaldson when he was healthy didn't do anything and now he hasn't been healthy the last couple weeks or whatever it's been so and he's not going to come back anytime soon with a little bit of a setback the Yankees were relying on Donaldson to have a big bounce back year that was part of how they were built so that is going to be a problem and I like I said is it a bad thing that he's out the only bad thing is that it wastes more time seeing if he's got anything because now he gets the excuse of, okay, well, he was hurt. Now he's got to ramp it back up. So now you got to give him a few more weeks and see if he's got anything before making a decision to either bench him or go find somebody else. Nick is calling from Huntington. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's up, Sal? I love listening to you. You're definitely uh, one of the best guys on the fan right now. There's no doubt. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Uh, to quote the great schmoozer, there's no need for Ranger rehab tonight. That's for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I, – I mean, two games. Jesus, I would never think 5-1, 5-1. But the Devils can't roll four lines with us. They just, they just can't. And they, they're channeling this Tortorella hockey with all the block shots. They're just playing unbelievable. The two best games they, all year they played. Channel, it's unbelievable. Channeling the Tortorella hockey with the star power that they have up front. I mean, with those top three lines. I mean, are you kidding me? If they block shots and play defense the way they're playing defense, they are going to be very tough to beat. Not to mention the best goaltender in the game. It, it, he's on his game. He's on his game. But I was listening to you know your open monologue about the 94 Rangers. And to me, when you make the comparison... I'm 52 years old. I'm a diehard Ranger fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just that 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 team to me is not this because this team to me is more homegrown. Where I think that other team, and I don't want to rip Messier, but Messier to me was it was him and his mercenaries and all those guys. I mean, Messier took the money and ran. 
That's what he did. Ranger fans should remember that. Well, and he so destroyed so Vancouver. Huh? You talking about he took the money and ran from uh, when he left Edmonton? And from the like... Rangers. He had, no, 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 when he was a Ranger. He right. won the cup. They signed Ewing, right? He got mad and he left. He left and he went to Vancouver uh, and then well, he came back. I don't care about that. I mean, I, I remember being at the game when he came back. Was it 2001, October 11, 2001, I want to say, when he came back? Their 75th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. I remember having partial season tickets that year. Anyway, I'm not mad. Look, I will never get mad at Mark Messier for leaving. And now I was crushed when it did happen. However, he won the cup. Like, why look beyond yeah, that? Yeah, I understand. No, I, I understand that. Now, but if, you I just, say, me... if you want to say that that team was – by the way, I'm not talking about where the players came from. What I was talking about was the specific players where certain guys filled certain needs, right? That's I think where... this team is better. I think this team is better. I think it's it's better. When you go Kane and Tarasenko, who are two monsters, and then you go Ginebad's a monster, mm-hmm. Panarin's a monster, Karate's a monster, Trocek is just throwing his body all over the place, and I think we're better on defense. With Lindgren is unbelievable. I mean, just the Rangers, the Foxy, they're just, you know, Keandre, Truba, even Schneids and Miko. Miko has been unbelievable. I just can't believe how well they're playing you right could now. Also, you, you could also argue, and look, I love that team more than anybody in 94. You could also argue Shesterkin's better than Richter. I mean, the... Yeah, but Richter, I love Richter. Richter. Richter had the best goalie performance of all time in the world. Well, I, love, yeah, I love Mike. I love, I love him, too. I love those Rangers. I'm just saying, it's also different hockey. I mean, we're talking about, what, 25 yeah. years later or whatever it is. Oh, well, Scott Stevens was going around killing people back then and getting well, away with it. I'm just saying. Right. I just so you love the team. A, think of the additions that they made then where they traded away guys like Tony Amante and Mike Gartner to bring in grinders. I mean, they bring in Larmer and Noonan and Matteau and Glenn Anderson. I mean, They it, even traded Beezer that year. They traded Beezer in the beginning of that year. Mc, Beezer and McTavish to win and McTavish to win faceoffs. Anyway, that's yeah. the comparison. But yeah, the one thing that may be more appealing is the homegrown factor with a lot of these guys. But how about the additions that Drury made? Bringing in, you know, even signing Barclay Goudreau right before last season. Bringing now, in now, Drury has been unbelievable. Because think of the debacle that he walked into with the whole thing. They fires JD, gets rid of Gortz, the whole thing, and everybody was on him. All the Ranger fans were on him. He's been unbelievable. He's, he's been, been better. He's been better as a GM, and you're right. He has been unbelievable. He's been better as a GM than he ever was as a player for the Rangers. I never liked Drew as a player for the Rangers, and I was very upset, like many other Ranger fans, when they got rid of JD. I love JD. Oh baby, how can you not love JD? Talk about '94, Sam and JD. By the way, Sam still. Oh man, I I can listen to Sam do a Ranger game. Every night for the rest of my life, and I would be happy with that. Love, love, love Sam. I always say this. He's still the same guy. Every other team that I believe we, not just me, every other team that we grew up watching or listening to has had a different voice. I forget when Sterling took over on the radio for the Yankees. He might be the only other one that is still there. From like when, if you're if you're my age in your forties or whatever that was, he was the first voice, but the TV guys specifically, they have you know come and gone over the years. Whether it be for the Mets, whether it be for the Yankees, you know, obviously the football is a little different story. But Sam is the one guy. You know, I grew up watching Marv and Johnny Andres on the Knicks. Mar, uh, Sam Rosen is the one guy I remember my first Ranger game watching the Rangers in the late eighties. He was the play by play guy, and here we are going from the late eighties to now. 2023, and Sam's still doing it. All this time. Unbelievable. But yeah, this team is loaded. And I think you could say more skilled and more talented than that team. Different hockey, though, from 1994 till now. And what was it, 30 years? Jeez, what was I saying? 25 years. Been a long time. They're overdue. Or maybe they're just due. Either way, this team's got it all. And Drury deserves a ton of credit for realizing what they needed. J.D., Gordon, they drafted and amassed a lot of talent and skill. Brought in a lot of that. But they were not building a team the right way. That's what Drury has done. He's built a team. He's taken the talent and he's built a team around it or with it. And that's the difference. They have the grinders. They have the workers. They've got the toughness. They've got the skill. 
They've got the power play. They've got the coach. They've got it all. Now, we just want the cup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Another impressive performance for the Mets, man. Dealing with all the adversity that they've dealt with, the 9-4 win against San Francisco on the day that Max Scherzer accepts his suspension from Major League Baseball. What a joke that is. Phil Cousy, you suck! Major League Baseball, you're a joke! I'll say it. I mean, I don't know if Max can. I don't want him to get in any more trouble. Uh, I don't think I get in trouble for it. You're a joke, baseball! Who decides how sticky a finger is? Get the hell out of here with that. Anyway, it's really no harm, no foul. Scherzer is going to miss one start, it turns out. He'll miss one start and be pushed back a day or two in another. But as long as he faces the Braves in that series that is coming up next weekend at City Field, uh, all is well. So that is a Friday fleek. That series starts Friday and ends Monday, right? Because we were talking about that where I have tickets. Yeah, it's an old-fashioned wraparound. I like that, the old-fashioned wraparound. And the um, so Scherzer will miss one start against the Nats. And it gives him a little time to maybe you know rest a little bit, I guess, and, and kind of extend it. And then he'll pitch in that series to close that out against Atlanta. And Verlander's due to come back that same week, right? As of now, it sounds like Verlander may be due to come back. Think about this. The Mets, who are now 13-7, and seven, Six and one over the first seven games of this West Coast 10 game road trip. They have lost Justin Verlander, who hasn't pitched a game yet for him. Complete joke. Oh, yeah, no big deal. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Out an entire month at least. Max Scherzer, who hasn't been very good and now is suspended. Carrasco, who's been awful and now on the IL. Quintana, who's been out from the beginning of the year. Kodai Senga the rookie who's been their best, most reliable pitcher, and uh, he's shown he's struggled here trying to get through five. They've lost Edwin Diaz for the year. They've got a makeshift bullpen right now with a bunch of guys who are just no-name guys. We're seeing them and learning about them for the first time. They lost their starting catcher in Narvaez. Their starting third baseman hasn't produced at all, really, in Eduardo Escobar. And yet the Mets are 13-7. and And doing it in ways, and this is a lot like last year. They did the same thing last year, where things just kept going against them, and they just kept winning. It's the buck effect. I mean, the Mets have basically had no production from the DH. Tommy Pham's been okay. Vogelback's been okay, but you know what I mean. Not great production from the DH spot. Same thing with third base. Same thing with left field. Mild production. Same thing with catcher. Mild production at best, if not no production. And yet, they're 13-7. and 
Alonzo has been playing like an MVP. Brandon Nimmo playing like an all-star. Heck, maybe even Nimmo's playing like an MVP. McNeil, you know, Lindor's been okay. Lindor hasn't even gotten going. Think of how good this team could be if they ever really got going. I was a little worried after the Diaz stuff, skeptical about how good this team could be, frustrated that they weren't built with one more power bat. Then they got swept and looked awful in doing so in Milwaukee. Then I really started to get concerned. And since then, they've done nothing but win. 13-7, and seven, just a game and a half behind Atlanta, who never lose. The Mets are good, and they're not going away. This series, this, uh, this series, this trip, this trip proved to me that this is the same team as last year, if not maybe a little bit better. And we'll see when they get these guys back healthy here. Assuming that that does, that does happen in some capacity. But they they are not going away. They're not just going to, it's not going to be a bad down year to where, you know, they missed the playoffs or anything like that. I don't think anybody expected that. They, I mean, they got the highest payroll in baseball. They should be good. But the true test is when you have as much adversity as they have had to still be able to win these ball games. that is impressive. And they deserve a ton of credit. 877-337-6666. Ron is in South Amboy, New Jersey. What's up, Ron? Hey, Ron, you with us? Ron, I guess, is no longer there. Noah is calling from the west side. What's up, Noah? Sal, how you doing? Great, Noah. How are you? You there, Noah? I, when I am, it's just, I'm sorry I missed your intro uh, because I heard you were you had talked about the Rangers. Go back it's and just, check it out on the free Odyssey app. It's worth a listen. I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do that because... I think you said it all. I mean, I understand you said it all. It's just I'm, I'm watching these guys. I've been a Ranger fan, you know, for a long, a long time. And I am so impressed with this team. They do have everything. They they are tough. They are skilled. They are fast. They're smart. Um, it's just it, they're just a joy to watch. They're the best team, the best Ranger team I've, I've ever seen. And... I, I don't, you know, I think there's going to be a hard time to stop them. I, I really do. I was, I was just so impressed with them. Agreed. I, it, how could you not be? I mean, I felt this would be the case coming in, and then watching it play out. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be. Look, this is real now. This is this is real. This is yeah. not. Oh, you know, it's going to be tough facing. Look, obviously, it's going to be difficult no matter who they face here. It's the postseason, but this is real. They are built as well, or if not better. Than anybody that's I, I think, that's I think in the you're totally right. I think they got. A, I think they had a real shot at the cup. A real. That's shot what at I'm the saying. They, they, it may not happen, and obviously they have to go out there and get the job done. But they have a real shot at the cup. Whereas in years past, it was cross your fingers, hope everything goes your way. This year they've been lucky where, you know, Lingering got healthy at the right time. Everything started to come together right at the end of the regular season. Shesterkin playing better. The power play clicking. Now they've had these two dominant performances, and you just get the feeling that they're going to roll here in this first-round series, and it really sets up for, hey, this could happen. This is real now. This is legit. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I was a little bit skeptical about Kane and Tarasenko, but they're coming on, and you can see. I mean, you can just see that Fox has got assists up the wazoo. It's just, and Kreider, they're all playing. They're playing at their best right now. And, and right. Igor is just, Igor is unbelievable. I mean, he's correct. Just, I mean, just, there's nothing stopping him. Uh, agreed. I mean, think about all that we just said, Noah. They had the, arguably the best goaltender. He was the best goaltender in the world a year ago. He could still be that again. He's playing lights out through the postseason first two games so far. One of the best defensemen in the league with Adam Fox, not to mention Truba and all the other defensemen who are doing their job, but one of the best in Fox. So one of the best goaltenders, if not the best. One of the best defensemen, if not the best. The top three lines, really the four lines could go with anybody. They got the grinded line with, with that fourth line with Barclay Goudreau and Modern. That, and, v- that kid, and that kid line. The kid, kid line. line. 
Puck control with Capo Caco taking another step. Heedle's been terrific this year. And obviously the top six with their skill position players, the penalty kill, the power play. What is there that the Rangers don't do? I look at the Western Conference. I don't see anybody that is scary the way that it was maybe in 2014 where you knew if you got there, you'd have to face the Kings. Like the Rangers could be the best team in the NHL. I I think so. Sal, before I jump off, I just want to say one thing. You... When we lost Schmooze, we lost Tony Page, that was a big void. And you have filled that void. And I just want to let you know, as a sports fan from New York, I really appreciate it. Because, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who come on the radio, I just can't even listen to them. But you have just, you filled, you filled a major league void, and I just want you to, to know how much we all appreciate it and just keep it up. Just don't, you know, don't hold back. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, I very, we need, we that's that. Noah. I love you for saying that truthfully. And I appreciate you listening and thank you for taking the time to call. That means a lot to me. You have to remember something. I am you. I grew up in New York. This is where I'm from. I grew up a diehard New York sports fan watching and listening to, you know, all the sports, listening to this station, falling in love with Mike and the dog and Summers and Beningo. This is, you know, I used to call. This is what I wanted to do my whole life. And now I'm fortunate enough to have the opportunity to do it. I miss the old, day too, old days too with all those guys. I worked with Tony. I worked with Steve for years as you know, producer, board op, all that stuff. Obviously, love my days with Mike and and Chris, and and just after Chris left with Mike. Like, I love all those days. So, it's not something that I take lightly. This is always, I don't care what hours you're on, this is still the fan. And I know that things have changed where the way that we consume sports talk, you know, with podcasts or YouTubers and all that stuff now, but this is still the fan. This still means something. As long as when whoever's sitting in this seat makes it mean something. And that's what I try to do, and I appreciate you recognizing that. So thank you for those kind words. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. You want to break here, right, I'm assuming? Yeah, we'll get back to your call. Actually, well, let me get one more in here real quick. You said he called back. Ron is in South Amboy, New Jersey. Ron, what's on your mind? Tell him a big fan. That last call hit it right on the head, man. You're doing an excellent job, man. Well, thank you, guys. That's too kind of you. I appreciate it. I just wanted to speak up on some of the double fans. I was at the game tonight with my son, and you were right when you said how much sports have changed. <clears throat> Listen, Hudson River rivalry, they fight, and they threw like four doubles out of the game. Back in the day, that's how you got a momentum switch. But if hockey's going to do that, they should just take fighting out of the game because <clears throat> you can't even fight in the, you know, they were getting, you know, it was a beating, a beatdown, and they had to eat it. But don't forget, the Devils set the record, man. They could rip off some wins. I, I told my son, everyone thinks it's over. At the end of the day, it's one team has to go up 2-1, no matter how you slice it. So if they can get it to 2-1, man, hopefully the Devils get like, I mean, the Rangers get like a days ago, and, and they give the Devils a little opportunity. But also, let me Ranger just say, fans, though, let me just say real quick, and I'll, I'll let you get to your next point, Ron. And I appreciate taking the time to call, especially uh, interesting to hear from a Devils fan perspective. To me, it's less about the Devils and more about the Rangers' dominance. The Devils have been a terrific team all year long, but they are just running into possibly the best team in the playoffs. And, and obviously, all due respect to the Bruins, who have been great and breaking records and all that stuff. The Rangers are built to go win a cup. The Devils aren't there yet. So while they were better in the regular well, well, season. The Rangers, the Rangers are built for playoff hockey. The Devils, right. analytically, they can skate fast, score. But when they're getting thrown around and getting thrown off their game, they wouldn't let Hughes cross. You know what I mean? As soon as Hughes crossed the blue line, they got three guys stopping them. But, you know, for the Ranger fans, you got to remember, like, they Lundqvist, they, you, you were talking about Richter and Shesterkin. I think Lundqvist was better than both of them, and they never even could get him a cup. So before you guys win the cup in the first round two games, 
don't give the Devils a crack because if it goes 2-1, no matter how it was, it was going to go 2-1, one team or the other. So uh, the Devils will rip off some wins, man. You know, it's a lot of nerves, and I hate going to the ring. I'm a season ticket holder. I give my Ranger game tickets away all the time. <laughs> thank, thank God I brought my son. But they show out, and it just sucks when you get beat, and they got so many road uh, fans. That's you know got to be mean? tough. That All joking aside, that's got to be tough because I would hate that as a fan of the home team to be dominated by fans of the road team and it's then have so the result it's happen. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the, the absolute worst. The only thing like I, I could think of, Ron, and thank you for the call, and look, good, you know, good luck to you and your son and, and Devils fans. Yeah. They could, they still could make it a series. I don't think that's going to be the case. And you're right. If the Rangers let up and the Devils get back in this series, everything changes. 2-1 changes everything dramatically. Then the pressure becomes all on the Rangers. If the Devils could win game three, pressure's on the Rangers because now you don't want to have a chance where the Devils could even that thing up going back home and then steal all the momentum. I just think this is the Rangers' year. I've said that before the postseason. I felt very confident about that. I was not scared of the Devils where normally it's like, oh, crap. It'd be, the reason why fans get scared is because you don't want to lose to a hated rival. You don't want to happen what happened exactly to them with the Devils and their fans. You don't want that to happen to you. So both sides are like, oh, man. It's nice to be in the postseason, but playing each other? While it's exciting, there's great risk, great reward. And to have the Rangers storm into the rock and steamroll the Devils like that, that's as bad as it gets for the Devils. But to me, I wasn't nervous about the Devils because I just felt like the Rangers were built for this and the Devils aren't there yet. Great regular season, it's different in the playoffs. We saw it last year with this Rangers team. And they went on a little bit of a run. They were improved, built better this year, and they're about to go on another run. But to really show the difference, they need to go out there and keep their foot on the throat of the Devils. Put them away in four games. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Rangers, Devils. We'll talk some Yanks, Mets, whatever else is on your mind. You want to get into the Knicks? We'll do, and we'll be on, uh, you know, later on tonight on this Friday, following that game to be able to talk about it. But if you want to talk some Knicks, huge game three, huge run of the Garden here. Knicks game three tonight at the world's most famous Rangers game three Saturday night. Knicks game four Sunday afternoon. Rangers game four Monday night. It is going to be a great run at the Garden with both the Knicks and the Rangers hosting. Postseason game. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Go to 2 a.m. Emmanuel Barbari will take you through the overnight. Me and you, until then, big Rangers win as they make a statement through the first two games of the postseason. The Mets and Yankees both with big wins today. Mets continued their hot play here, even dealing with all the adversity on this West Coast trip. Six and one through the first seven games of this West Coast trip. Yankees earlier uh, on Thursday afternoon, getting another series win, walking 11 times, scoring nine runs. No homers for the Yankees. IKF was okay in center field. Peraza been contributing. Nestor Cortez was good. And the Yanks get a nice, uh, another team win. Anthony's calling from Bridgewater, New Jersey. What's up, Ant? What's up, Sal? Hey, everything everyone said, uh, love hearing you, but Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um Hey, listen, a uh, couple of things. First off, um, I am going to disagree with you, but you said to get decent production out of the DH. I, I think the, the Mets DH is abysmal. It's been since they've created the DH. Um, I, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I, I, I think Epler did a terrible job addressing it. I think he tried to address it. I think he did a terrible trade. I, I, I think that needs to be addressed at, at the trade deadline. A um, couple of things. First off, 
I'm down on Buck, man. I I, I got to tell you, yesterday, I, I need to see something from him. I, I know probably Scherzer messed up with that whole sticky mm-hmm. stuff. He he got He has to get tossed, man. I I don't know. I, I, I that stuff like that, man. That's like that's like your main guy. I, I like to like equate to like sports. Like if LeBron got thrown out for something, for something like stupid like that in a game. Your your coach gets thrown out too. I, I don't know. It, it just it just it just reeked of like your your guy has to back you on that. And I don't know. Like I, I just feel like you got to feel like your guy. Like I, I look back. Bobby V gets thrown out on that. Terry Collins gets thrown out for something like that. I, you know, I'll, has- I'll ask. I'm going to ask Terry about that. I think Terry's coming in studio for baseball night in New York next week. I'm going to ask him about this specifically, whether it's on the air or off the air, and I'll relay the message to you. But I will say this, as a fan even watching that game who was irate what was going on with Max Scherzer I didn't have a problem with Buck not going nuts because would you rather have the show of Buck going nuts and sticking up for his guy or have Buck's brilliance in the dugout managing that game from the fourth inning on to try to get a series win against the Dodgers because without him I'm not sure they win that game Sal, you know what you know what it is, man. Sometimes I feel like it's like win the like lose the battle to right. win the war. Okay, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I just feel like it's one of those things where you you want them. I always felt like they they used to like they they those guys love Perry Collins. And I'm not saying they all love Buck. I think they do like Buck, but I just feel like in that situation there, I need to see more from Buck there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think Buck's been thrown out of a game the last two years. Uh, I can't. I have no idea about that. And I'm not saying he that's not. Big. I don't even care about that stuff. Marco confirms Buck. Buck has not. Yeah, and I don't think that's that's. Does it. But I just need to see more. I I I just didn't get it. Like, and, and I that's like your main guy. Maybe if it was Peterson, I'm like, who cares? I just that's that's your guy. That's your main guy. That's your guy there. And like I just need well, to here's, see more from uh, I, And I get that. And I respect that, Anthony. You're not the only person who said that. So a caller called last night and brought it up. And then when it came up in the SOI newsroom we're talking about. It. I really don't. Now, you know I love Buck. I didn't have a problem with that as much as I would love to see a manager go nuts and protect his guy. And I will say this. Scherzer was one of the big proponents of hiring Buck. I guarantee you that they have a healthy uh, f- respectful relationship, and maybe Buck doesn't feel the need to show his love or protect or like that because he's a veteran, the guy gets it, and maybe Buck didn't feel the need to put on a show and go nuts with the umpire. And I don't know. I don't know. Did Buck answer it? I didn't hear. I, I listened to Buck in the post game yesterday. I heard a little bit of what he had to say today prior to the game, but I don't know if he uh, explained himself in that. I personally don't get caught up, and I know what you're saying about lose the battle, win the war, but they won that game, large in part because Buck Showalter was managing his way through it with that bullpen. No, I agree. And, and, and I watched the post game specifically for it, and I, and I thought Buck was very standoffish about it. I thought he said it'll take care of itself. You know what? But, what, but today, did you see the pregame? Because yesterday, you're right, he didn't say anything. He, or he didn't say much on it. But today, I didn't get a chance to see it. I was watching the Rangers then coming over here, but I heard some of it as it was happening before it aired in the newsroom. And I thought that Buck was much more open and critical of baseball and more protective of Scherzer than he seemed to be yesterday. Okay. All right. Fair. And, and, and finally, I just want to say this. Uh, long-term with the Mets this year, what do you think they need to do and address? And I know it's early in the year to get to where they need to go. Thanks, Sal. I know. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. Uh, I do think they're going to need another bat. Now, I'm not happy with their DH production either. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you made it sound like you didn't disagree with me. And I was like, they're all right. At times, Vogelback has contributed. You know, he did a home run the other day, finally swung the bat. Um, you know, whether it's Mark Canna or, uh, you know, even Escobar or Tommy Pham. Or maybe not Escobar. He was in there at third base tonight again in for Beatty where he finally produced. But, you know, they, they've rotated a little bit with that DH spot. Pham has been okay at times. But, yeah, overall, they don't have a specific DH. That's something that I think is going to need to be addressed. I'd rather upgrade the DH spot, uh, certainly over Vogelback. That's one guy I don't really want to see on the team. While I think Vogelback could be fun personally and he's been okay, they need to do better there. That's one clear spot. Then they probably need another bullpen arm, at least one bullpen arm, and maybe another starter. But we'll see. I mean, right now they're winning. Definitely need another bat, at least one big bat, and definitely need another bullpen arm. And possibly need another starter. 
Well, we welcome in Marco Belletti. Marco, did you hear any of the buck sound today? Do we have anything? Not the pregame. I did not get a chance to go and look for okay. it. Uh, too much going on. I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know what Buck was talking about. I saw all the Scherzer stuff, and I listened to that. I didn't get a chance to go through the Buck pregame. Okay, so I was just there, you know, as they were getting ready for pregame show at SMY, and we get the channels in-house to where we could, like, see right. everybody talk. And I wasn't locked into it, but Buck was a little more critical, where yesterday he's like, he didn't want to say anything about it. He was a little more critical of, I thought, uh, you know, baseball, and at least giving more. He didn't give anything yesterday's post. No, nothing. Nothing at all. So at least he gave something today, pregame. Yeah, I, I wonder if yesterday, too, I, I maybe he didn't get a chance to talk to Scherzer and he right. wanted to see. Before he started going yeah, up. Yeah, and going down the road of, because he knew Scherzer was adamant, but there was one thing that Scherzer said that still, to this, it doesn't still make sense to me. It doesn't add up, and I wonder if Buck wanted to clarify that same thing. What? Scherzer, the, the biggest thing to me, that whole thing was, hey, go wash your hands. And he said, I did, with alcohol. Right. Who washes their hands with alcohol? Well, the way it was explained to me, and I was talking about this with Jerry Blevins, of course, former Major League pitcher, and I just assumed this because why would Scherzer admit that if he were doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. The way it was explained to me is you can't get the rosin and the sticky off, I guess, the rosin and the sweat mix without alcohol. You're telling me with... You can't just wash your hands and then get a, like just a soap wipe and water. You know how, like, and then a wipe well, to be able to kind of. It just seems I like you actually use rubbing would... alcohol to wash your hands. Well, what's on a wipe? Isn't there alcohol? I understand that, but a wipe after you wash your hands seems a little bit. Think about it, more like, normal than I'm getting a bottle of rubbing alcohol and washing my hands with it. Do you put up real tree or fake tree? I forget. We went over this. Fake tree. Ah, see, real tree, you get some of that sap on your yeah. hand. You can't get that off with regular soap and water. So I, now I don't use alcohol necessarily, but. Maybe he needed that. The The problem is, see, you might be honest on something, because the problem is, to my understanding, that if you mix alcohol right. with rosin... It gets sticky. So, I mean... So, I, that's why I don't understand. Even if there was somebody there, it wasn't an umpire, but an official that watched him do it. And they let him do it, though. That's the... I, again, I don't understand. Like, are you watching this? Are you letting him do it because you want to catch him? Is this something where it's like a speed trap? Is there something there? Because you shouldn't be able to mix alcohol with that because it does make it stickier unless you say, I don't care. But they're all legal substances. So, so then that's suntan where, lotion, but you can't use it with rosin and sweat because then it becomes a foreign substance on the baseball. You can use suntan lotion, but you cannot rub it into the ball itself with the rosin and the sweat. So baseball has kind of opened up Pandora's box, and they don't know what the hell they want to be legal right. and illegal. Well, and how about the ump saying, oh, his his hands were stickier than I could remember? Like, give me a break. So now the umps are going to have their sticko meter on Well, that's on what them. I mean. you got a level of stickiness. Yeah. It's either you can use this stuff or you can't. Right. I understand if you said, like, that's Scherzer's well, point. No, I agree. And that's the thing that where you're talking about the rosin. If it was caked on where I could see three layers of it, like, look, man, I, I know it's legal, but you, you got too much of it. I understand. But if you're talking about level of stickiness, what are we doing? And how does Major League Baseball figure out what they want to do and what's going to be cool and what's not going to be cool? But the rubbing alcohol set off an alarm bell, and I wonder if Buck wanted to check with him. That's the only thing I thought of after the game. Whether it was, hey, was that exactly what you were doing? Or what was with the alcohol? Like, what were you doing exactly? I know you weren't doing anything necessarily against the rules, but were you combining things that maybe you shouldn't have done? Fleegs, what do you think of Buck not going out there and getting tossed from that? A lot of Mets fans now saying that maybe he should have. Did you have uh, – you take issue with that? No, not at all. Like, I I get why – like, when I was a young fan, that was the kind of stuff that right. bothered me. Now, mm. as an adult, the way – watching just the command this guy has over the team. Right. Uh, how could you as a Mets fan have any problem with yeah. that? Like, Buck Showalter has so clearly had his finger on the pulse of this clubhouse since the day he took over. Like you said, Max Scherzer was a huge advocate – for Buck getting the job in the first place. Every single guy in that clubhouse seems to love Buck Showalter. It just and it hasn't been his MO since he took over with the Mets last year. He's kind of just the calm one and it makes sense. He's much older. He's experienced now. He's he's not gonna let that stuff get to him. It's more valuable for him right. and the experience he has. So you know what? I'm still gonna be here. Most of these managers are calling the shots anyway when they get ejected. Like when Aaron Boone gets ejected, we don't actually think it's somebody else making Pitching changes, he's phoning. He's, right. You know, Don't that's worry, still Right, still, that's, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's the computer anyway. But <laughs> That's a totally different story. But, like, Buck in that situation still wants to. This is early in the game. It's We're a rubber the game. Inning. They're trying I to win I want the to be here for the next six innings as we try to win a series against one of the best teams in the National League. Yeah, and I'm I'm I fully you, support that. I'm yeah. glad you said that, Fleece, because I 
honestly, it didn't even cross my mind. And I am somebody, and then after I hear a couple of callers talk about it, and he came up in the newsroom yesterday, I'm like, huh, why didn't I feel like that? And I love Buck, and I love the fiery, like I love Terry Collins for going out there and getting on the umps. I love when that stuff happened. But watching the Scherzer thing, I was not thinking, come on, Buck, go get him. I was thinking, what the hell is going on here, first and foremost? And then I really never thought much of it. And I do think, you know, in retrospect, that the right thing to do is to stay in the game and try to win the game. We there also talk ways. about, like, you know, the manager can get ejected there to motivate the team. But remember what we heard on Wednesday when that happened. The players are there in right. the dugout screaming, win this for Max, win this for Max. Because of their leadership as players and what Buck has instilled on that whole clubhouse, he didn't need to go out and give you an ejection for show. Right. The, the, I, the message was already there, purpose served. That team was already galvanized, and they went out to win the game for their pitcher. Fleegs is right. First show and finger on the pulse. Buck knew. It's a he thing. Knew. And there is, look, there is a difference he when you've got a younger, a younger manager or somebody that's kind of trying to, I don't know, establish right. themselves exactly. with the club. And I look, I'm behind you guys. Every single guy in that clubhouse knows where Buck stands, and Buck has got their respect. If he felt the need to go out there and put on a show for himself because he wanted to do it because he was that annoyed and angry, so be it. It's organic. I don't think he for felt show, the need just to do it to do it. Especially for sure. Let's say something happened with Beatty or Alvarez, a young player, and Buck needed to have their back in that spot. Different story. Right. With Scherzer, uh, I, I have no issue with it. I understand why fans wanted to see it. I think Buck did the right thing. And honestly, I don't even question anything he does. He, there, there are certain moves where you're not going to agree with everything, but believe me, Buck knows more than we do. It's finally a spot where you have a manager that you know he knows what to do. More than we do, more than they do. Nobody knows more about being a manager at the big league level than Buck Showalter. And that's why you don't even have to think about it. Once he got hired, it wasn't even an issue anymore. Focus on the other spots around the team, not the manager. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.